today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantar. All have the responsibility to examine what we, what we say in light of Scripture. Anything that's preached here should be examined in light of Scripture. You have an obligation, a responsibility before God. We have a responsibility to teach it rightly. And Paul says that those of us who teach will be subjected to a stricter judgment. Also, every Christian will be judged on the basis of whether they have followed God's words faithfully or not. So I urge you, brother and sister, examine. Examine every teaching. Open God, oh my soul. He is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. We have a responsibility before God to examine everything in light of Scripture. We will stand before God and will be judged. We will be held responsible for what we believed, the choices that we've made. The pastors and teachers will also be held accountable for what they've taught. Know that there will be no way to say that you didn't know. God's Word says to find out the truth and not just blindly follow. Pastor Ricky implores us to take every teaching we hear and compare it to the Word of God. Let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 12, for our continuing study entitled, A Right and a Wrong Response to the Word. See, these people loved God's Word, and they wanted to hear people teach it. See, in a, in a religious culture like ours, in the city of El Paso, we we have many of us grown up hearing the words of God. And so what this leads to over time, if we're not careful, is that we don't listen to the word of God. We don't come with eagerness as much as we come with apathy, with a whatever kind of attitude about the Bible. But these people, I love how Luke wants us to see this. He's saying, look at these guys. These guys are eager. They are ready to go. Then it says that they were examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And this word examining is, is a legal term, right? You ever seen a John Grisham novel or movie where they have a long montage of like somebody studying and then like papers on the floor and then cups of coffee and like Chinese takeout and long, he's fallen asleep and more papers. And okay, that's what he's talking about. It wasn't just kind of a cursory, yeah, let's, let's see what's going on over here. No, I mean, they, they, they made a Starbucks run. They sat down, ordered their Chinese takeout, and were ready to go. This is this group of believers. That's how seriously they took this task. And so their response as a result of this is different. Instead of responding based on their own selfish interests, instead of giving themselves the final word, they gave the word of God the final word. They made God's word the final word in their faith and life. It's so for us today, the word of God must be the final word on all matters of faith and life. And what I wanna do is I wanna explore some topics that we need to apply this to or we need to consider applying this to. And I wanna ask two questions to help us do this. First, what gets the final word in your faith and theology? And then second, what gets the final word in your life decisions? And I was meeting with a brother this week, great guy, who's recently started coming to our church. And he, he and his family have a, have a saying whenever, you know, you, the preacher starts preaching or the word of God starts doing its thing, and you kind of feel stung by it. And he, he talked about how they refer to that as getting their toes stepped on a little bit, okay? And so I love this. One time his sister, they were in church, turned to him and said, you know, how are your toes feeling today, bro? I was like, mmm, that's, that's good. 
Or when, when you're in a doctor's office and, and the doctor says, you know what, you're gonna, this may sting a little. That's a bad son. That's, you, you do not want him to say that. My, my, favorite, my favorite is when you're at the dentist and they give you a shot and they say, you're not gonna feel anything. It's just gonna be a little sour, you know? I remember a dentist telling me that one time and I'm just like, what? That seems gonna, oh man! Like, and then about five seconds later, it did taste sour. But I'm just warning you up front, this, this may sting a little. Because it stung for me this week as I was considering this. Let's consider first, what gets the final word in your faith and theology? What gets the final word? And look, maybe you're here and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian and you've been out of church for a long time. And maybe you've heard Christians say different things about how to get saved or what Christianity is. Look, I'm just going to up front tell you, give the final word on that stuff to the word of God. Just read the Bible for yourself. It's clear. You'll be able to understand it. Start in one of the Gospels. Learn about who Jesus is. And if you need help, ask one of the brothers or sisters from the church to help you. You can get this. And and it's much better for you to hear the Word of God itself. See what it says about Jesus than than to try to find the perfect book to read to introduce you to Jesus Christ. He's right here. He's right here, and he wants to meet you. For those of us who are Christians, there's a few few ways that we face some particular temptations related to the word of God. See, we all face this temptation that these two cities face. See, whenever the word of God comes to us, we face a temptation. We feel kind of our own selfish interests on one side, and we also feel if we're Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we want to obey on the other. And so we're always deciding who gets the final word. Is it it our own selfish interests? Like, wow, this seems really difficult. This is going to change my lifestyle. I don't want to do this. Or is it, you know what? It's clear. It's right there. I love Jesus and I want to love his word. We're always going to face that temptation. But we also, in the area of faith and theology, we face some particular temptations that are unique to us as Christians. So I want to ask us first to consider how we treat teachers and preachers. See, I have some favorite teachers and preachers. I love these guys. I listen to them regularly. I love their books. But there is no person that has more authority than Jesus. And Jesus' authority is expressed through his word. And yet we can begin to treat as if these other teachers or preachers, even if we love them, have the same amount of authority as the word of God does. We can either put one above the other or we can even put them on the same level. And we do this without thinking about it. We do this when we blindly follow them and don't examine their teachings in light of Scripture. When we read the book and ignore the Scripture references. We do this when we care far more about what they say than what the Bible says. And I, I, again, thank God for faithful Bible teachers. But only the Word of God should have the authority in our lives. And here in our church, I, I am so grateful that God's Word has been faithfully taught for many, many years. You know, from the beginning of this church, men have sought to clearly explain the words of Scripture and to teach it rightly. And we should thank God for that. But for you as members, for us as Christians, we all have the responsibility to examine what we we say in light of Scripture. Anything that's preached here should be examined in light of Scripture. You have an obligation, a responsibility before God. We have a responsibility to teach it rightly. And Paul says that those of us who teach will be subjected to a stricter judgment. 
Also, every Christian will be judged on the basis of whether they have followed God's word faithfully or not. So I urge you, brother and sister, examine, examine every teaching, your favorite author's teaching in light of God's word. For us as pastors, we are also under the authority of God's word. And and our hope, our prayer is that we would be able to teach God's word so faithfully and so clearly that you don't leave thinking, wow, that was a great sermon, but wow, that was really clear in the Bible. Wow, I can't believe I didn't see that before. Wow, that, that God's word really is amazing when it comes to that subject. That, that's our prayer. That is our hope. And you all can help us in that. If you, if you see us, if you see something that's concerning to you, come talk to us. We want to be ever more faithful to the word of God. But I also want to ask you to consider teachers and preachers, but also consider how you treat your church tradition. See, We all come from different church traditions. And I think there's a particular temptation if you're coming out of kind of a long-standing church tradition, like the Orthodox Church or the Anglican Church or the Catholic Church. There's often a temptation to hold church traditions higher than God's words. Now, we we could thank God. I thank God for great books like Cranmer's uh, The Book of Common Prayer. Thank God for much of the wisdom in the, the Apostles' Creed and other creeds throughout church history. But there's always a danger that we'll hold those higher than the word of God. That we'll stop going to the Bible and just go to our church traditions. And 2 Peter 1.21 says that scripture, that says of scripture, that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. See, Peter is pointing out that the word of God was formed in a completely different way than any other book in history. With this book, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3 says that these words were breathed out by God. No church scholar, however faithful or accurate they strive to be, can be as accurate as words that were breathed out by God. So we have to be careful. We can be grateful for our church traditions, but we have to be careful how we treat them. Also consider how you treat subjective experiences or words or prophecies. See, we as a church do believe in the New Testament gift of prophecy, which doesn't mean, just in case you're kind of freaked out right now, doesn't mean that we have people that regularly write new scriptures. That would be probably uh, heretical. It w- would be heretical, actually. Now, if we ever say anything like that, just leave. Just leave. And then call Sovereign Grace or somebody. Call our churches that we're in partnership on the way out and just let them know. I'm sure they'd love to know that. We don't believe in that. But we do believe that God can bring to mind an encouraging word for the church or for individuals. But Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, don't despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. He doesn't say test anything that seems kind of screwy, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. We absolutely must reject any so-called word that does not line up with scripture, but we also hold carefully any words under the word of God. See, every, every year, somebody will come back with, with experiences and write a book. You may feel some pressure. You may be tempted, like me, to think, wow, I, I can't believe this person has had these experiences. That, that must mean what the Bible says when it says this. But it's important to understand that this word must stand over and against any other words, any other prophecies or experiences. We cannot interpret Scripture in light of our experiences. We must interpret our experiences in light of Scripture. And this is, this is a careful balance. It's a delicate balance. We, like 
Paul says we do not want to despise prophecies. We are grateful for them. We want to be built up and encouraged when somebody like Drew comes and reads a word. We thank God for that. But those, those words are not scripture. And so we must always hold scripture in the highest regard as the final authority and give it the final word. And you know, I'm so grateful for the example of this church. This is in general what our experience is. I was meeting with uh, some new Christians recently and they were relating how, you know, they're, they're just trying to figure this stuff out. They, don't, they haven't been, they haven't grown up in church. They don't have all this understanding of what the Bible should do. So what they've started doing is whenever they disagree, they'll just open up the Bible and try to find stuff that relates to their situation and then try to like follow that. I thought, why don't I do that? I mean, I'm just like, man, these guys are showing me up in their passion and zeal to make the word of God the final authority in their life. I, would, I wanna be that, that, that husband, that when I'm stuck, when I don't know how to lead my wife, when I'm wondering, man, maybe I'm sinning in this conflict that goes straight to the word of God and lets it inform me. So the application here is in matters of faith and theology, let us as a church Hold the word of God as our final word. Let's discuss and debate. Let's try to figure stuff out, but let's never lose sight of the fact that this word is our final word, period. For us as a church, we want to grow more and more in this area. And there's, there's actually a few things that we want to, specific things we want to grow in. We as a church want to make our small groups more word-focused than ever before. And books and messages are great. They're helpful, and we'll probably do those at, at some point. And we do do those occasionally. But, but we want the predominant diet of our small groups to be the word of God. So we're moving. We're, we're trying to figure this out, trying to make plans to push all of our small groups in the direction of every time they gather, they're engaging the text of Scripture. And by God's grace, for years to come, think of the effect that will have as we expose ourselves again and again to the Word of God. And we dig in together. We learn to read it together. And on Sunday mornings, another thing we want to do is to get better at preaching through different genres and books so that we can learn to read the whole Bible and glean from the whole Bible. Can you imagine? I love to do a, a book series on Jesus in the book of Leviticus. I mean, you may read through Leviticus and think, what in the world? I mean, there's animals getting slaughtered, people are unclean, got people with weird clothes on, weird strange vests with like stones in them and things like that. But it's about Jesus. So over, by God's grace, over the life of the church, we will continue to benefit and grow in benefiting from every genre and part of the word of God. And also, last, so this starts with us personally. Starts with every member being in the word of God on a regular basis. Church, we must be in the word. If we ever hope to turn the world upside down for Jesus, which is something I know you share, you have that heart. If we ever hope to do that, we must be in the word. Last and briefly, we wanna discover not only what gets the final word in our faith and theology, but what gets the final word in our life and decisions. So I want to explore a couple more areas, and then we'll, we'll ask for God's help in applying this. First, what gets the final word in your life and decisions in the area of political and social issues? See, when there is a live issue that's getting debated in our culture, where do you turn? Where do you go to try to inform yourself? In recent years, the issues of, of homosexuality and abortion especially have been huge. And these, these issues are not just theoretical. People struggle with these issues every day. These are live issues 
for people who struggle with same-sex attraction or for a girl who discovers that she has an out-of-wedlock pregnancy. These are, these are not just political issues to be debated in our heads, but they, they're worked out day to day. And the danger, I think, for all of us is that we would turn first and last to sources other than the Word of God to inform us. See, when an issue like that comes up in the election cycle, we've got a couple different ways we can go, right? So we're watching a debate, guy says something, immediately we have an opinion about whether or not that's right. But where do we go to back that up? Do we go to our personal experiences, which can be helpful? Do we go to a talk radio host or TV host or a magazine or a blog we read? Or do we go to the Word of God? Out of all those sources, out of all those sources of information which can be helpful and means of grace, none of them can or should ever take the place of the Word of God. Especially right now with such a politically charged atmosphere in America, we must commit as Christians not to react primarily out of a Republican or Democratic or Green Party or Libertarian or Tea Party platform, but about this platform. This is our platform. This is the final word, period. And, and people today will say again and again, I've got the answers. I've got the answers. God help us if we turn anywhere else because we will only be like Thessalonians who are reacting out of our own selfish interests. And times the, the word of God requires us to cut against the grain of our selfish interests. Sometimes it requires us to lay down our lives for others, even when it's politically costly. Sometimes it requires us to take a stand that's not popular. Look, I, we don't know where things are going. We don't know if one day we'll be where Jason was. But I hope to God that I'm like Jason and that when that knock on the door comes, my final word is the word of God. And that I would say like Luther, here I stand, I can do no other. We must address every issue with compassion and truth that flow from God's word. Also consider the gray areas. Consider the gray areas. Consider, go back to where you, you've got a cute person in your office or your class and they may or not be Christian and you're wondering, okay, should I... Should I Ask them out. So where do you go for advice? What's your final word on the subject? Is the final word whether they're a seven or an eight on the scale? Or is the final word the word of God? Or maybe you're, you're, you're just struggling with, okay, who should I hang out with? Maybe you love being with Christians, but you also have some really close friends that don't follow Jesus. And you're trying to struggle with, okay, where, where does, how much am I supposed to reach out to them? And how much do I think that these people are influencing me? And, and where do you go for those issues? Is it, you know what, I, I think I can handle this? Go to the word of God. Maybe you go to 1 Corinthians 6.14 that says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And that's hard. That's hard. I, I've, I've been with single people who, who really are connecting completely with somebody. And they're thinking, man, this thing could move toward marriage, and, and yet they're not a believer. And so what, what does Scripture say about that? And that's a hard call. That's an unpopular call, but it's a call that must be made in light of the Word of God. Or maybe you found that new TV show or magazine, but it has some content that your mom wouldn't be excited about. So how do you decide? Well, you go to the Word. You go to Scriptures like Ephesians 5, 3 that says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. That's hard. That's hard for me. 
And yet, even as I say that, I, I can think, okay, my heart's tugging. The selfish interests of my heart are, are, are kind of creeping up over the word of God. And by God's grace, we must turn instead to the word and allow it to inform us. One of the most helpful examples I've ever encountered in my life is that when I was in Maryland, I, I was in a men's group. We met every couple weeks. And it was, it was a, there was one unique thing about the men's group. I mean, everybody there was great, but the unique thing about it was that the leader of the group, a guy named John, who was one of the pastors there, almost every time, I think like 90% of the time, somebody brought up a struggle or an issue or a question or a what should I do or I'm hurting here, he would say the same thing. And I love him for it. He would say this, brothers, where can we encourage our brother from the word of God? When a guy lost his job and he's struggling with, okay, he, where can you look for unemployment benefits? He would stop and say, brothers, where can we encourage this brother from the word of God? There's a guy struggling with pornography. Brothers, where can we encourage this brother from the word of God? And so the word of God was constantly in front of all of us. And that changes your life. So when you come to a gray area, a difficult area, a hard to navigate area, let me encourage you to do this, to go to the word of God. Now, if you're like me, going through this week, this message may sting a little. This might be a little painful. And, and the tendency may be to go like this. Lord, I, I have so much to do. I have this area of my life to clean up now. Or I have to put this area into subjection under your word. But I'm going to do it this week, God. I'm going I'm to get this stuff going. I'm going to turn off that TV show that I shouldn't be watching. I'm going to get out of this relationship. And, and Lord, then you'll accept me again. Then you'll really love me again. But see, this is why the message Paul was preaching in Thessalonica was good news. The bad news that Paul preached is that we cannot be good enough. We can never be good enough. We will always, as long as we're human on this earth, in areas, place our selfish interests over the word of God. We will say, Jesus, you're not gonna be on the throne. I'm gonna be on the throne. And if God were to judge us on that basis, no one could stand. No one could stand. But John chapter one says this, that in the beginning was the word, Jesus Christ, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word that is Jesus Christ knew about our plight. He knew that we could never measure up to God's law. So do you know what he did? Instead of condemning us, he died for us. And he is the word who pleads before the Father now. I, I love the old hymn, Nothing But the Blood, that reads, Your blood speaks a better word than any empty claim I've heard upon this earth. It speaks righteousness for me. It stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. See, this is, this is why, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard, the Bereans did the best thing they possibly could have. Because by allowing the gospel to inform them, allowing the gospel to tell them, you are messed up and you're never gonna be able to fix yourself, they found the final solution in Jesus Christ. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. shelves are packed with books touting the true way the church should operate. Some believe that everything should be done exactly like the first century church. 
How can we know if what we practice as Christians is truly biblical? The book of Acts details how the church functioned after the death and resurrection of Christ. Pastor Ricky will be gleaning insights for us from this book that will help us understand the church in this age. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcantar of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message as taught at Cross of Grace Church can be downloaded from our website at betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church, we invite you to join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. The theme music here on Better News Radio was provided courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from the book of Acts next time on Better News Radio.